What's up? What's up? What up? Welcome to another episode of Did You Forget? I'm your host, Antoinette Vanderwerk. Okay, so today I wanted to, well, I just watched that Joe Rogan and Miley Cyrus interview. And I thought it was really fucking bitchin'. Here's somebody who, they both obviously don't need, you know, a shout out. But I just really, really enjoyed the authenticity and the very human perspectives that they were talking about. Um, I loved the energy of the conversation. It was very present and flowy. The main thing that I really, that really resonated with me was that, you know, here's somebody who didn't follow an intentional lifestyle and had to pay you know, some of the consequences physically for that and who is taking pride in shifting that consciousness, shifting that perspective into evolving into something that is in flow, that it serves her highest self. And, you know, I also just loved, I just admired Joe so much. He led the conversation into the topics that not only I would wanted him to lean into, but with such grace and just human empathy. And I love, I loved it. I am excited for you guys to watch it. Cause I feel like you'll like it too. Especially if you like this podcast. Um, another thing I was so inspired by my guest this week, her availability to share some incredible, I mean, the most intimate, vulnerable parts of her life with no, she didn't skip a beat, no shame, no guilt, just, you know, this is what happened. It was shitty when it happened, but now we're not there anymore. And I think that these stories are imperative, so important to share because everyone has them. This is the human experience. We all feel guilt. We all feel shame. We all feel pain. We all feel happy. We all feel love. We all feel horny. There's a time and place and an uh, appropriate, respectable relationship to your circumstances and your surroundings that make something appropriate or not, or uncomfortable or not. It doesn't make it wrong or bad. I don't think that, you know, that's the question here, but her courage, her bravery in the depths of her vulnerability. I mean, I've listened to this, this, this podcast like three times all the way through. I didn't really do that much editing to it because we both talk really fast and everything that she was saying, it was almost alarming for me to hear in the moment, not only because the roommate was making a bunch of noise and so I had to keep editing that part out, but just hearing someone that has done the work and that is excited about sharing it because they know the repercussion, the positive repercussions that come from sharing this type of information. It was just so moving and energetically inspiring. You know, uh, today's Wednesday. It's Wednesday, September 2nd at 10, 17 p.m. I'm recording this. I'm a procrastinator a little bit this week. I've been doing a lot of other things, a lot of other projects in the works. Um, but last night I was up, 
you know, I didn't sleep till like nine in the morning because I was up for my gig, uh, my virtual reality gig um, for Incendia. Shout out to Kaz um, and Incendia Dome for booking me. Um, I am so grateful for this experience. I feel like this opportunity I allowed to really challenge myself and really break out of some comfort zones and challenge my boundaries as a person, as a, someone who's going through a lot of change during this crazy COVID to 2020 year, and also as an artist. So I'm incredibly overwhelmed. I had to really take some space and take today slow and journal a lot because I'm just going to say it. Virtual realities are very weird to me. You know, I'm like, I've never been able to watch my, I mean, I can watch it on a live stream release, but it's different because watching myself DJ is one thing, but I made this set with a bunch of different visuals to really tell a story. And there were like lots of little moments that were so intimate. And they told me that it was just going to be a big screen, but the screen was on a stage and the stage blocked some of the visibility of the the screen that I put so much time and effort into, which whatever, it is what it is. But then also, too, they had this, like, little bug where the green screen was making it see-through. So, like, sometimes the my visuals that I added were, like, bleeding into the dome. And, I mean, to be honest with you, I actually kind of enjoyed that surprise. Um, but the weirdest thing for me was watching these avatars not dancing and just standing there. And I'm like, I can't tell if people are liking it or if they don't like it or what. And it doesn't matter because I'm really proud and, you know, I really enjoyed this entire two-month experience of gathering the songs, gathering the TED Talks, um, gathering the visuals, filming new visuals, being inspired, you know, playing it, uh, working with my team, Brett and Blotter. Uh, shout out to Keith and Chase. You guys, boys, rock my world. Thank you for your support. I love you both so much. Um, and yeah, just like, it really opened my eyes this morning to, again, how much of my inner life, my inner importance, my inner energy came from an external observation. And I just thought that was interesting. It's not bad or good. It just is what it is. But I thought that I would talk about it because I'm sure a lot of DJs that are doing this virtual Burning Man thing, you know, it's kind of like an expensive app. It says it's only $7, but then they kind of make you pay for 10 tickets. It cost me like 60 bucks. I just, like... I don't really have that money to be spending on an app that I DJed for three hours and did all this free work for. And it's like, yes, it's Burning Man. You want to give it or whatever. Okay, whatever. I did it. I did it with a smile on my face. But it's just incredibly interesting. Who 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 are, is the audience that is going to go through to make that to buy this app to make the avatar to go to the shows? Are they dancing? Are they doing psychedelics? Are they watching? Are they trying to meet people? Like what? What is? I don't know what to think about this. But if you have any leads, memes, comments, concerns, arguments to this point, please email DM me. Uh, email remember at didyouforgetevents.com. 
I would love to hear more about this because this entire day I've been like overwhelmed with confusion or not even confused, dumbfoundedness. I'm like trying to understand <laughs> how to feel about it and what the reality of this virtual Burning Man situation is. And I'm just dying of curiosity to hear any other opinions about this. Hearing my guests authenticity and vulnerability and like feeling the appreciation for her openness about some really controversial, um, very personal topics. I wanted to introduce my guest and I'm so appreciative of her space. She's just an incredible woman. She has a book club. She is an incredible swimmer in the ocean. She is so committed to healing and spreading how to heal. And she's just an incredible pillar of the movement that Did You Forget stands for. Her virtual art exhibition, Home, reimagines the idea of home through a series of lullabies from mothers around the world. In the midst of this global pandemic, beneath the clamor for social justice, beneath the wall of political rhetoric seizing our country, quieter voices often go unheard. Voices we desperately need right now. In the paradox of the pandemic, we are urged to stay distant, yet we yearn to be close. As an inspiring online exhibition will help us bridge that chasm and feel more connected. Each night in every corner of the world, mothers sing to their children to sleep. It's the safest sacred moment in the place called home, the home. Now, I met our guest because she asked me to be a part of this project. So if you want to listen to our interview about what home means to me, please go check this out. Her project is launching September 12th, which is uh, next weekend, which I'm really excited for her because she's personally told me all the people, certain different people that she's interviewed. And I can't wait to hear these perspectives and the duality and to remind myself through these intimate connections that I have a lot to be grateful for and I have a lot of privilege and I want to exercise that to also heal people. So we share that in common a lot. The Home Project launching uh, September 12th is an interactive virtual experience with artworks constructed with the visual sound waves of each song. Created by and in collaboration with Grammy Award-winning music producer Stephen Korn, Home Lullabies from Around the World presents 22 mothers around the world singing the lullabies that soothe their children. From India to Ireland, Saudi Arabia to South Korea, the Netherlands to the Navajo Nation. The music of our mothers crosses every border. These works from the core of the six-week exhibition throughout its duration will also host a series of virtual events that examine the shifting meanings of home, family, and connection. The, projects, the project weaves together art, for photographs, and audio along with interviews and roundtable discussions that transcend social distancing and political divisions to reach back to our first memories of inspiration and connection to humanity. There's an infant part in our souls where which longs for lullaby truths of life every night for a tranquil slumber. Also, a portion of the proceeds from this project go to benefit Alexandria House, a nonprofit transitional home and resource for at-risk women and children. I'm very, very humbled and honored to introduce my guest, Sasha Marie Spear. 
What's your intention? What turns you on? <laughs> Did you forget? I, I, I grew up in a home that um, was never calm inside. My mother was mm. very verbally abusive. There was always fighting. And I always felt like I was the one that had to bring peace. Peace. Um, and I think I ended up going the traditional route with college. I got my doctorate in physical therapy and wow. ended up as a healer. And, um, I just, I have a gift for like, I've realized I didn't just heal people like what me or whatever. It's like their whole spirit and their soul. Mm-hmm. And long story short, uh, my own body broke a number of years ago and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. And my colleagues couldn't, and the medical system just wanted to shove pill surgery my way. And I of course. Like, Absolutely not. <laughs> so, right. So that's what led me on a journey to um, really discover, it started with breath work, and that's what healed my pain. And I had neck pain where I'm a swimmer, and I couldn't swim. I, couldn't, I could hardly walk without putting up all this pain. And, uh, you know, I, I was able to heal from that. I brought that into my healing with my patients, and that was fantastic, but... This whole time, I have been an artist my entire life. I almost went to art school, and all of that was gnawing at me. I was painting a little bit. I was, I was doing some photography, but I wanted more. So I got into film. I did some documentary films, and then um, after I went, I went through a number of losses, which is when all that pain was kind of happening. Um, my dad died. My family lost everything they had. My mom ends up in the psych ward. It was one of those like. Everything that could possibly pretty much go wrong, like outside of war, um, happened in my life. And I was someone who had always been strong and always been, you know, a champion and always been a leader. And I just couldn't handle that anymore. So I went further inward and art, I decided to, to heal through art while I was doing that. And so doing these projects is really what helped me pull out of that. So, Mm. um, I now create uh, immersive experiences that help heal and connect humanity uh, to a deeper level of themselves and each other. Um, One of my biggest loves, I have lived and traveled all over the world, uh, is to bring people from all different backgrounds together in these shows and let them discover that they have more in common than they would realize and all these new friendships form and all these stigmas are broken and that is absolutely my favorite thing in in the world. Wow. I really want to ask you about your, when you said to me, um, a spiritual healing people's spirits, what does that look like? What does that mean to you? Um, can you try to describe that, um, on a tangible level for us to understand what you mean? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I was raised in a very strict religious home and hated it. And so the word spirit for a long time, I wanted nothing to do with that or spirituality. I thought it was all related to control (laughs) and, um, you know, not allowing me to express myself. So in the healing, I, I, I discovered what I was actually doing this whole time, but I couldn't make that connection for a long time. I just knew that I could see people for the people, like there's something behind all the exterior. And especially I worked with people in their homes a lot. And so I would be with their whole families. I would be with them, like what they do every day, what they're wearing. They wouldn't be pretending to be someone else around them. Half the time they were really, really sick. And I was able to see through everything and to, and, and connect with whatever that thing was that is deep inside of them and, and speak to that. And 
so many of these people would say, well, you're the first person to identify this or to ask me those questions or to listen to me or to, you know, I don't think people really felt seen or heard um, before I would step in. And, you know, I didn't know it was a special thing. I didn't know it was, it was something that not a lot of other people did um, until I was sharing more of my work and, and meeting more and more people, especially here in Los Angeles. Um, but it's, it's, I've realized it's a gift and I've realized that it extends beyond like a practitioner role. It really is. I can be fully present with another human being and I can feel you. That thing you were talking about with the gut mm-hmm. and the, and the heart speaking six seconds before I feel like I have an ability to connect to that and to feel it and almost read it. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I feel like every human has that abil- ability, but you know, you have to be deeply connected with yourself. You have to be in love with yourself to be able to receive and and process and, and observe and then communicate what you're you're experiencing, you know? Yeah, I think it's almost like a phase of evolution, if, yeah. you, if you will. You yeah. know, and we, we have the busy minds that override that. And most people's minds are so busy, they can't even feel that. Um, mm. And so... You know what I mean? Until mm-hmm. they, until it's recognized, but then they don't even know how to put that into words. Yeah, because yeah. they've never felt that before. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. So you said that and that's you... what I that's what I aim to capture. Um, sorry, but that's what I aim no to worries. capture with um my work. Is so many of my photographs. I mean, people have said like, "Oh my God, you, you photographed my soul," or "I can see that person's soul," and that was never the intention. You know, I'm just like, oh, "I'm going to take some pictures." You know, but there's something in there that's happening. And when I have in my shows, I, I can't even describe the feeling. It's like being in that energy. Mm. There's something that happens where there is people feel so at peace. And I never intended it that way. I thought, I mean, everyone thought, I think they're telling you with your podcast, <laughs> people were telling me I was crazy. Like you can't do that. Nobody does that. You know, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. You can do anything literally. <laughs> oh my God. Like, we, like, yeah, like, we are our own creation. There's the people that sell creation. pee on the internet, okay? There's people that, <laughs> you can do anything you want to do, okay? Right, right, right. so. So you, you said that yeah. you meditated every day. How do you meditate? What does that look like? How did you learn? And does it change every day or is every single day exactly the same? So for me, um, in contrast to like what you, what you were saying, you need to have like all these different things you go to. I need something that is consistent because so much of the rest of my life is like completely different. So it helps to ground me to keep it consistent. Um, I started meditating uh, while I was really learning to heal. So the last step of all the loss, I went through a divorce and I am such a giver and, you know, uh, I, I gave everything and after being married and giving everything, I just found myself with literally no money and no, and, and no, I had no family left really. I, and, and I just felt alone. And all I could afford was this little apartment that had like bars on the windows and I had no furniture and I spent the first night on the floor. And like, here's a girl who dotted all her eyes, crossed her teeth, got her doctorate, did all this shit. And I'm like, how does this happen? And how do I end up the one broken one? I, get, I gave of myself, especially my marriage, 150% every single day. How does this happen? And I was so confused, so broken. And I just, I hadn't, I, I hadn't really allowed myself for so many years to even cry because I just was such a warrior. I cried for like five hours that night. And, um, you know, that was a turning point for me. I was like, I got to get out of this. Got to get happy again. Like I was always this happy person, a warrior. Sure. But I was happy. And, um, 
so in that I started reading more and more and um, try I would try whatever as long as it, I I'm not a I'm not somebody who tolerates substance as well. So like a, as long as it wasn't a drug, I can't do psychedelics and stuff like that. Yeah. But I would try a breathing technique or try a whatever, you know, and, and the science side of me tracked it. So I created a calendar and I would try just one new thing at a time and I would track, I created a happiness scale on if, like in morning and evening and measure my happiness. And so over time I could see if that thing was making me more happy or less happy. Wow. And, I started to put more and more of the things that would make me more happy into my routine and that's now become my morning routine and meditation was one of the big things and that is the last thing on earth I ever wanted to do because I was like, who wants to just sit still? (laughs) Like, who? But I was desperate. Um, Wow. (laughs) I'm so proud of you for measuring that. What other things made you happy? Um. So, uh, my morning routine now consists of meditating and, um, writing and I write specific things as far as I write at least three things I'm grateful for and I write who I am for the day like what I'm stepping into my way of being I write what my intention is so who I am for others um I write three amazing things that are going to happen that day and then if I have anything on my mind that I feel like I need to get out I will write it especially if I'm not if I'm feeling angry or frustrated or whatever I just write and write and write and write and for years, I wouldn't have a journal because I was like, oh, my God, what if I die and somebody reads it and people know what's happening in my brain? I can't share that. So really? <laughs> wow. Oh, God, yeah. Ooh, when you grow up in a, in a, in a, in a, in a home that so is Mormon oh. um, home that where everything's judged and my room was searched regularly, I couldn't. What? I always. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Do parents do that? <laughs> oh, my mom. Not my dad. My oh. dad was, was my dad was just like let the wind take you. But my mom ruled <laughs> the house. So um, <laughs> yeah. So I think there's always that fear. And so now, of course, I lived on my own since I was 17. But um, you know, I finally had the courage to to put on paper what was going through my head. And now, so that's one big part of it. So I, so I write and then I read. I read at least five minutes. Um, but sometimes that'll turn into depending on the how much time I have that morning. Sometimes into two hours um it used to be really hard for me to finish a book I got through grad school reading books on an elliptical trainer because I couldn't sit still I now I'm able to sit still I read at least 52 books a year at least one a week um and I have a book club (laughs) like it's become a thing and so then I read and then um um uh, I have a list of affirmations um, that are always, I'm always like evolving so mm-hmm. that they're honest, but that I say out loud in front of the mirror mm. because a couple of years into this, I realized my, my fiance now actually was asking me to, to say I'm beautiful to myself in the mirror. We were Aww. at Zion for a weekend and I couldn't say it. I broke into tears and was just sobbing and I was like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I say this? Why can't I look myself in the eye and say I'm beautiful? And, uh, you know, and you are beautiful. We just FaceTimed. She's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, but I think too, being the house I grew up and so much comes from our entire childhood, you know, that, you know, and, um, I, I don't, have you read the book educated by chance? No, there's, there's a terror. Oh, and I'm blanking on the woman's name, the author, but it, it's been a big hit. The Gates Foundation backed it. It's a, it's a Mormon woman who basically recounts her story. And so much of my childhood, I had never felt like wow. anyone else grew up like that until she's talking about it. And it's simple things like she puts on lip gloss at nine and her family starts calling her a whore. That was very much a lot of my, I had a lot of good parts of my childhood, don't get me wrong, but the judgment from the religion 
I was called a whore. I was called a slut. I was whatever, ugly, oh fat. Gosh. And I was never fat. I was always a cute kid, you know, but these things get in you. And so as an adult being determined to heal, I was determined to break through, you know, not being able to say I'm beautiful in front of the mirror really stemmed from my childhood. And, um, you know, I really think the fear my mom had in, in, in being Mormon. And she was always, she told me later in life, she was afraid I would be too good looking, my brother and I, because then life wouldn't, we would learn how to, how to actually work in life. Just silly things like that. What? But, you know, wow. like what? But <laughs> what, what an interesting <laughs> worry for a mother. Like, I get it though. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, but, but it didn't come out right. It was, yeah. it was, her fear was screaming and calling me a whore or calling me ugly or calling me fat. And I was never any of those things. And I didn't realize how much it was still affecting me until that day when uh-huh. I was staring at myself in the mirror and I couldn't say I was beautiful. So wow. I now tell myself that every morning, um, yeah. very powerfully in front of the mirror. Um, and then, so I'm almost done, but, uh, no, <laughs> no, the, the radio goes by pretty quick, but, um, I do have, um, you know, these visualization boards, especially in LA, they're a thing, but they, they work. I, I was kind of like, come on now until I had a whole one come true. And I was like, Oh shit, <laughs> this stuff works. So, um, I have one that I created that helps me to stay true to myself. You know, you had talked about that a lot too. And I think, it is so important to be authentic to what is calling to you because we are all here for our own purpose. We are all here to coexist. And if we're mm-hmm. all the same, that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that helps me stay true to that. And, um, yeah. So, and then I exercise. So I've, I have, um, meditation, affirmations, uh, visualization, exercise, reading it. Yeah. That's everything. <laughs> um, what do you do for exercise? <laughs> I swim in the ocean. Oh, yeah. I know you said that when we were talking on the last conversation, but I wanted everyone to hear it on this one. Yeah, yeah. And and honestly, I was terrified um, of swimming in the ocean. I've been a pool swimmer my whole life. Uh-huh. And I've done other things. I've, like, I've mountain climbed. I have ridden, like, done 150-mile bike rides. I've cross-country skied. I love exercise, especially outside. But swimming is, like, my jam. Yeah. And, um it, 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 it does mind, body, soul for me and, um, nothing else has matched it. Mm-hmm. But last year I had some friends nudge me very, like, a, like, a, like quite a nudge, like just calm in the ocean. I'm like, but there's sharks and it's cold and I can't. And anyway, it's... I decided to just buck up and get a wetsuit and now you can't peel me out of there. <laughs> right. So, every morning I'm in there now every morning. It's the best. Um, it, it reminds me of how alive I am. It reminds me that I'm temporary. It reminds mm. me that I'm this small thing in this much larger existence. Um, mm. it, and it humbles me. You know, I had an experience just a few weeks ago. I thought I was going to drown, and I'm a very experienced swimmer. And I was like, oh, man, okay, okay, I got that. Was <laughs> you know, it just it was like the tide? They, I got caught in a rip current. Oh, yeah. On a really, really... Um, I, wait a minute. Uh, I think somebody heard. died that day, right? It was like a week ago? Uh, j- just before. So that was on my mind, too, which didn't help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was like the day or two days after that gentleman, and he was like a 300-pound wrestler, champion, dying in the, the just in Venice, you know? Right. So, yeah. So this was, it was similar, though. Like, we were, like, I think we were on three-second um, waves, and they were big, and then I got caught in this rip current, and I was getting water in my lungs, and I couldn't break through it, and... You know, I eventually got out of it, but it was so scary. Um, but again, I made a decision of, okay, I can let this fear take over and ruin something that I love so very much. Um, 
And that's going to translate to other things in my life. If I let fear take over, then it's going to prevent me from doing the shit I really want to do. Or I can show up tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. So that's exactly what I did. Mm -hmm. Wow. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it's helping me break through so many other fears and other that I, that I didn't realize I had, you know, like, you know, it's like the phone calls you're afraid of, right? The email, it's like, especially like I'm looking for grant money now. I'm like, oh, this is like not how I'm built. It's like ask for money, but you just do it, you know? And yeah. um, it, it's, it's helped me in all those other areas and those little things add up and they make a big difference. Well, you're shifting your reality and it's so possible. Yeah. I know for me, like I, you know, we were talking about this earlier where I would be so overwhelmed and discouraged to look up on YouTube, how to, you know, uh, edit this thing or make an iMovie or whatever. And I kept asking my friends, like, can you help me? Can you help me? And no one wanted to make time. And I was just like, all pissy about it. And then I finally just take that step. I'm like, oh, this isn't hard. Oh, this isn't that scary. But you have to tell yourself it's not scary or then you believe it, it is scary, you know? Right, right. Oh, have you read Osho at all? No, but I've heard a couple people just tell me to, uh, to read. Oh, you will love Osho. Um, his book, Courage, is one of my staples. And in it, there's this, uh, what do you call it, a parable or whatever, of this um, this man who is, it's like nighttime, and he's, I think he's like out in the rocks, and he kind of slips and he's hanging on and he's like, Oh my God, if I let go, I'm going to fall to my death. And there's this abyss below me and it's all going to be over and it's going to be so painful. So all night long, he's using all of his strength to hang on to this rock. And then morning comes and he's like six inches from the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and Osho says, but that's what fear is like. We imagine this giant thing, but really we're just six inches from the ground. <laughs> Seriously. Wow. That's such a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I wanted to get into your project. Uh, do you have yeah. like, go ahead and, and uh, explain the description for everybody and then I'll get into like the questions about it. Yeah. So um, there's, there's actually two parts to the project. Um, the first part I've collected lullabies from around the world um, oh. and I have, I've translated those into sound waves. Um, so those are going to be portrayed as art um, that's going to be sound waves where you can actually uh, listen to the lullaby as well. Wow. Uh, but also to, sh to show that we are more alike than different. So mm. when you look at all these different ones, you can't tell what's what. And, you know, and there's a similarity to it. Uh, the other part is I'm interviewing people in their 20s um, all over the world on uh, what home means to them. And um, the project itself, the whole project, really explores the meaning of home. And lullabies, because it's like that I'm a very intuitive creator. These things just show up for me. Uh, I very much believe I'm a channel for things. Um, as crazy as that sounds, I wouldn't have, I would have like, thought that was all woo-woo years ago. But um, I can't deny it. Um, and these things show up. And it was very, very strong. And uh, really, it's that, you know, mothers are the ones that give birth to their children and... Um, you know, are the ones that that's usually the first bond. It's not to say fathers don't sing. I've had plenty of men like, oh, we sing too, but it's about like, you're not birthing the child. Um, and, you know, even if, even if there's a child that maybe is raised by somebody else, you know, there's still usually that bond with, um, with the, the mother. And so I wanted to explore, like, like explore that as a, you know, very much, um, I've also done a lot of like reading on like 
developmental psychology with children and what and I'm fascinated, like the core of it, root of everything I do, I heal, yeah, but I can't heal until I understand pain. So I really read as much as I can and talk to people and take classes or whatever I can do um, to understand the root of what causes um, pain uh, in in humans and, and what we, how we project that into ourselves, to each other, and on our earth. And, mm-hmm. and so I really wanted – and in, so – so much of that kept bringing me to developmental psychology with these, with these kids. And I was, I don't have kids myself and um, I haven't spent a lot of time around young children, but to, um, to realize how important it is to have contact literally 24 seven. So like there was a story of this woman who left her child eight hours a day as a baby because she had another child she was trying to entertain, but she was with the child 16 hours a day that child became a complete sociopath and didn't end up being able to relate to other human beings because it was missing those hours of contact. So you think of like orphanages or you think of like other, you know, it it, it wasn't in the the woman wasn't mentally a hundred percent there in that case. She wasn't trying to do harm, but you think of these other situations where the mom has to work all these jobs. So I just really just wanted to explore like that first home and that development of what we, what we, what constitutes, that feeling inside of us and then and then ask questions and learn from this really connected generation of people who most of whom around the world have had internet and have been able to get a concept of what other places look like and maybe travel and meet other people and how is that concept um if it is is it staying the same or is it shifting exactly and I'm long-winded. I apologize, but no, <laughs> no, no. Everything I'm passionate about. No, yeah, I'm so for it. Honestly, my my podcast doesn't have a time length, so we can talk for as little as long as we want. So really, cool. It doesn't matter. But I'm 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 stoked because I love talking about this stuff, and it seems like you're such a beautiful, perfect candidate that has truly found, has done the work, and has truly found the benefits of having this relationship with yourself. And I, I, yeah, it just, it makes me so, I'm just like listening, like with like, I wish I should have some popcorn right now. I'm like, called it up to the phone. Like, yes, yes, exactly. Um, so you, you mentioned a couple times that you have like a, a scientific brain that you like to test things. Are there any little um, studies or things that you've noticed from your research that has surprised you or that you get really excited to share? In what with, regard? In, in with, within your, your, your project or within just life in general? Um, I honestly, well, I'll, I'll talk about the, the project first. Yeah. Um, I am so surprised at how many people are connected to their mom at home. I didn't think that that was going to come through. Um, but that has been an answer that is not everybody, but again, because I study pain and there's a lot of the pain will come from the parents and oftentimes it is the mom, but how still that's home for people. And so I just feel like there's something further even to explore is like, why is that? You know, and you go back to like where I'm talking about the nurturing with the lullabies and, you know, is there something there that, that, that sets that feeling and sets that tone? Wow. Um, Especially like me with my mom. So, I kind of gave the examples of, of growing up and, and only the, the negative side. She had one, she was bipolar. So she had these wonderful moments and then she would turn into another person. Um, 
but we now have this beautiful relationship. I talk to her every day. I call her every day after I've gotten out of the ocean to let her know a shark didn't eat me that day. <laughs> and we talk about, like, <laughs> the, the just whatever. She's been crocheting during the quarantine, you know, and just trying to keep herself busy. But we, it's taken a lot of work, but that's one, been that relationship. I lost my dad eight years ago, and he was a wonderful, beautiful soul that, like, there was, he never, he was just so, it was just love, nothing but love. And him dying was so much of like, I felt like that was so much of my foundation for my strength. Um, but I also recognized that like, I've, I've been a parent to my mom in a lot of ways too. And I resented her for that for so many years. And I realized in all of this work and in losing my dad, because he, he died so much sooner than we had thought we would lose him, that... I had to create that relationship with my mom. It was never going to be like what my dad was because they're different people, but I had to create a loving relationship with my mom and that was on me, not on her. And so we, we have that now and it's beautiful. We haven't fought in like five years and all she does now is tell me how beautiful I am and how, <laughs> how proud of me she is. It's like, what? And it's authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I, I let go of the resentment. I let go of the anger I was carrying. I came at her with with nothing but just a clear space, and I I I just and love and encouragement for her, and um, it's it's changed everything. I resonate with that your truth so much. Um, you know, my stepmom had my little brother, so my stepbrother, and I remember from like four years old to like nine years old, I was so resentful. I was like so butthurt that my little brother was there. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm so grateful and I'm, you know, I, I love that. But I remember, I remember what that feels like, especially hearing your story. Like, yeah, you don't realize um, the effects that your, your parents have on you. And then when you get older and then you start to be like, oh, wait a minute, that's me. I'm, wait, wait a minute, I'm doing that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I had some moments in my marriage where I was like, I had to stop and check myself. I'm like, I'm turning into my mom. (laughs) I've done that too. I've done that too. Yeah. Like when, when, when my, when my roommate will leave like the dishes or like, um, like won't clean them properly. I hear my, my dad come out in my mouth, like can't have nothing nice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, so you mentioned like right when we first started talking on the first call that you've lived all over, um, where have you lived and, um, like what kind of experiences do you think from moving around have intertwined with, um, producing this project? Um, well, everything because, so my mom's a flight attendant and um, that, yeah. So, and it was back in the days where like flying was fun, you yeah. know, before, yeah, right. before, before nine eleven, before it was so stressful. We used to just be able, and we used to fly everywhere for free. So we could just show up in an airport, fly somewhere. And then half the time she would have all these discounts because she was a flight attendant. So we would, I remember one time we're in Mexico and we get this penthouse like suite for 50 bucks a night. What? And That's I so cool. I didn't have a and I didn't have a concept of money, money that now I do. And I'm like, damn, that'd be nice, you know, but, <laughs> but like you, I realized now what a gift that was. And, you know, my mother, and this is a lot, so she, you know, she's brought a lot of, of course, really beautiful things into my life too. And, um, she was very adventurous that way. And she really loved to get to know the people. And my dad just loved all people, period. He just like, he just wanted to adopt everybody. And so mm-hmm. we would go 
to Mexico. We go to Mexico a lot, and but we would make sure that we would end up at these like little shacks and like eat with this like this one chef you know, and his family's there and there's like a dirt floor and they're making us something in the back. And, you know, we'd have these really neat experiences where we got to be with the people, not just on the resort. And that from a very young age, I just loved it. And I loved learning about all these people. I loved um, seeing how they lived differently. And, and then when I was 15, we had had a Brazilian exchange student for a year and, um, I went home with her and stayed with her family for a summer. And wow. that was that was an experience that changed my whole life. Um, they well not only welcomed me, they showed me everywhere. And I mean they had a completely different way of life. I'm mm-hmm. I'm from I grew up on a twenty acre farm in the country where everyone for the most part's white and but really great schools and really great, you know, community, but you're not close to like the world, you know, you're very much like I, I had, you know, outside, I had so much nature and a lot of, you know, even though my mom might be yelling a lot or my parents might be fighting, I had so much peace outside. Yeah. Um, right. But then, yeah, exactly. And, um, so this, this family in Brazil lived in the middle of the city. I'm like, I can't remember what floor, but it was like the eighth floor and there was like four apartments and I wasn't allowed to go outside by myself. And I was like, what do you mean? I can't go outside by myself. Like what? <laughs> so I snuck out. <laughs> so I snuck out anyway. Um, but, and then you find out that people die and end up in the ditch and it was, you know, it's in Portuguese, but it's Recife in English. Um, it's on the Eastern tip, uh, right on the beach. We didn't like overlook the beach, but we were a couple blocks from the beach. And um, I didn't realize how dangerous it was until I got much older. And you're like, oh my God, people are getting murdered left and right. And, you yeah. know, and I remember some, like, like literally, nobody cares. And, you know, so much poverty and just so much politically, just, just not a, a solid place. But I loved all of it. And I went everywhere and I made friends and it, I just wanted to explore more. I learned all this Portuguese. I came back being able to, to get by in Portuguese and which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that's super cool. I love languages town. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that really sparked it. And then from then I'm like, well, I'm going to travel all over the world. And so in, in college, uh, well, right before college, my family decided to tell me, we're sorry, honey, we had to use all the money we did for college for taxes, but you're going to have to figure What? <laughs> oh, yeah, like right before. I was 17. I'm like, okay. Oh, my <laughs> so, gosh. So I had to figure out, but I was so determined, again, with my parents, I was like, I'm getting out of this place. Like, I'm not the fighting and stuff. I'm not doing that. And so I figured it out, and I lived off of, like, nothing. But I went to college, went to university, and... And then I was like, I want to study abroad, and we didn't have the money. And then my dad was like, Well, I have this idea. We might be able to pay for your, pay for your, uh, your trip. And I was like, What's your idea, Dad? And he says, uh, Kettle corn. And this was like nobody had ever heard of kettle corn. Like before it was a thing. And I was like, I was like, Well, what the hell is that? You know? And salt and sugar on popcorn. I was like, That is the dumbest idea I've ever heard, Dad. Like, no, <laughs> that's not gonna work. And because um, my student loans wouldn't come through in time, I couldn't use loans to pay for it. So. He thankfully didn't listen to me, and um, we, I, he, <laughs> he talked the local hardware store in the town I'm from into letting me, letting me have a tent to make kettle corn all summer for free. And so I sat out there 
seven days a week, all summer long, and sold kettle what? corn. And seven like days a week? More than I needed. Seven days a week. Yeah, it was every day. Every day. Yeah. And I made maybe $2 more than I needed. I got to go. Oh, my God. Wait. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. <laughs> what a story. Yeah. yeah. I love kettle and, corn. And, I, if I was your, if I was in your <laughs> shoes, I'd be like, "Hell yeah, daddy, let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't. I was like eating spinach at that time in my life. I think I was on this like workout kick. I was like, "I'm not sugar, no." But it worked. So, um, and what was so cool too, because then I'm in studying abroad in Spain, but I'm with all these kids that are from like trust fund families from the East Coast, and they're spending money left and right, and I have like this very strict budget. I, I remember asking, like, this is right before the Euro, and I was like, they had potatoes in Spain, and I remember like, okay, it's, that's going to be 25, I'm translating that, okay, that's like 25 cents or 75 cents. And this one, this one girl, one of the other girls, and she's like, does it really matter to you? I'm like, yes, like, I have to save the 50 cents. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is such a beautiful story where you've come from. I'm like, I'm like, sh- like totally like in awe of you right now. <laughs> you know, it, it, thank you. But you know, the time you don't see it, as yeah. any, you know, you just do what you do. And especially, you know, losing my dad so much sooner than, than I thought. Um, I'm so happy for all that time with him. And we ended up actually after Spain, it, we decided to continue to do it to help me with graduate school because I decided I was going to go to graduate school. And again, I didn't have the money and loans wouldn't cover everything. You're like kettle corn, so, kettle corn summer. <laughs> yeah. And I decided, I told my dad, I said, dad, I think we should expand it and do more than just the hardware store parking lot. Like we should go all over the Pacific Northwest. And then he's like, I think that's the dumbest idea. And of course I didn't listen to that. So, um, we literally stayed in like motels and we traveled all over again, like seven days a week. And we worked at the hardware store like three or four days a week. And then on the weekends we were in all these different cities all over the place doing fairs and festivals to raise money for grad school. So, Oh my, and did you, did you, did you make it them and then some? <laughs> I, I met, you know, it's funny cause we had a, God, had I known what I know now, we got really, we ended up being very fortunate. Um, Microsoft tasted our kettle corn and wanted it on its campuses. Costco wanted it. Um, we uh, Wait, which brand is it? Do I Have I eaten it? Because I'm a, it's not I'm, there anymore. I was like, I'm no. a kettle corn connoisseur. Yeah. <laughs> I've probably eaten it's your corn. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish. I didn't know enough, and I was so young and so focused on doing my own thing that I didn't see, like, what, that had and my dad was I think kind of too old and tired to really be able to handle it so we I went off to school and I was like okay dad yeah you can have all that stuff because I just didn't understand like like what that meant and uh he couldn't keep up with the accounts and so it was very I would say short it was pretty short-lived I mean we lasted maybe a season in those but he couldn't keep up with the orders and being late and he did, was hiring people and you know it, it was this thing that it's energy so young you know I'm still like 20, I think, you know, so, yeah, yeah, but, um, but we, we made a very good product, um, we were very, both very particular people, and, um, but the events worked, and that's something we were able to manage, so, it was a lot of fun, and, you know, then my dad died a few years later, and I was like, oh my god, like, I got to know him during those years. Right? How uh, grateful were you at that time? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and then you'll love this story. So I was all about, because I had to save every dollar. Um, <laughs> we would, like, I would find these little motels that we would stay in. And, and uh, I was, uh, I remember I would get a bed for my dad. And if they didn't have, a, like, two queens or something for a really low price. And I was like, I'll just sleep on the floor. And I remember my what? dad, like, you are not sleeping on the floor. I'm like, but it saves $10. I have no problem sleeping on the floor. And my dad's like, no. <laughs> like, we're going to pay $10 and get you a rollaway bed. You're going to be fine. So, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 interesting. I I feel like both you and your dad have this beautiful discipline to like succeed and it works and this yeah. that energy yeah. I feel like you got that from him. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um I'm sorry. You like I've totally gone off on a tangent, but you asked about traveling. No, so, I love the tangents. You know. I'm all for them. <laughs> I was like, well, shoot, basically, yeah, if, you, if I can make popcorn pay for my trip to Spain in grad school, uh, you know, I can do anything. And uh, Yeah, I literally. Travel. I, yeah, I mean, but, but, and that's, I think, the thing of, like, we are what we think we can do. You know what I mean? Our life reflects what we think we can do. Oh, I just got chills. And not, not what we can actually do because, um, you know, so many people feel limited and so they end up limited. And... Uh, I feel like so much of my life is a testament to that. And I laugh in L.A. because, you know, I'm blonde hair, blue-eyed, and mm-hmm. six feet with heels on. And so many people think my life is handed to me, and I just laugh because I'm like, oh, you just knew my stories. Like, no. You know, I think um, I know. think people are quick to feel like, oh, they had it easy. Oh, that it's like, no, yeah. nobody has yeah. it easy, even if they're trust fund babies, you know? Like, right. because then, because right. again, they guess what? Then their brain is shifted to think, they don't need to do anything to feel better, and they're always going to be unhappy. Yeah, yeah. There's all, there's always challenges that we all have, you know, and and it's and it's that um, it's recognizing that in each other. You know, we're all human. We all and and, and nobody's challenge is necessarily worse than someone else's in that sense. Of, I, I, it drives me crazy when I have friends who are like, "Oh, but I shouldn't complain because I'm not starving in some other country." It's like, no, like. It's okay, and yes, it could probably always be worse, but it, your pain is also valid. Um, you know, like, your feelings are valid, and I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's how I was feeling when you said um, earlier about your uh, your gratitude uh, writing down and your affirmations. For me, mm-hmm. it's like the science of gratitude and the law of attraction, that is something mm-hmm. to do some research on and participate. And I think that you're such a beautiful contender in that you, you've totally discovered that like not on accident because you, you look for it, but that wasn't your goal to like seek that out, to know that like you found that through, through taking science of what makes you happy. Like how beautiful is that? Yeah. And I'm such a skeptic. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, you're telling me this thing because you have this, you know, and, and it's like that whole thing of right now too, especially in LA, so many, so many people are a life coach and this and that and whatever. So I'm like, all right, let me get to the bottom of this and look at what's real. It's funny that you talk about gratitude in these lists because, and I will come back to the traveling um, thing as far as, you know, what, what, what came from that. But I had a show. So the show that people told me I was crazy to do, I decided to donate all the proceeds to a nonprofit. Even though I had no money, this is like when I was sleeping on the floor and I had nothing. People were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. It just feels like I need to help somebody else. I'm on the floor. Um, And it took longer than I anticipated because I, I had to work through all my own stuff. And 
artists will tell you that are artists that are true artists that are, you know, especially if they're acting or writing, that they can't really write something until they work it through themselves. And I discovered that in that, that project was all about healing women who've been through trauma. And I'm fascinated because of all my travels with people from all different backgrounds. And, um, I really am able to see the common threads that we all have. And it drives me crazy that we separate ourselves so much. And so I'm yeah. always, aiming Jonas before and kind of pop that bubble, you know, and, uh, you know, women being through trauma is like a major thing that affects people all different, like socioeconomic status and race and you name it. And, um, I had written down, so this is the power of like writing down your goals. And I had written down some goals of what I wanted for the show and how much I wanted to raise. And I remember thinking, Oh, these are ridiculous, but I'm going to write them down anyway. And I wrote, you know, that like at least 2 million people are going to view it, but like on social media, that it's going to raise $100,000, that over 300 people are going to attend. And I can't, and I uh, can't remember, it may have like maybe like two or three more. But those were the big ones that I was like, I don't know how that's going to happen, but whatever. That show ended up, we had sold out over 300 people. Tickets started at $125. Um, we raised over $100,000 for that nonprofit. We had over uh, 2 million people view it. And not only uh, that, it was life-changing for people. We had one girl who she was like, I literally was on the verge of suicide because I came tonight. Like, I found reason to live. Like, uh, what? Oh, uh, that so, is so beautiful. Yeah. And so as I was cleaning out my files after that show to, like, you know, just shred a bunch of stuff I didn't need to have anymore. I came across those goals that I had set and just put away. And I was like, oh, shit, this stuff is real. <laughs> like, this really works. you got to work. You so, got to. It's like the Jim Carrey story, right, with the $10 million check. you got to put in the work. But you put that down and you mean it, it comes. I, I'm such a full believer. So I know that you'll appreciate this story. But um, a while ago, I was um, – I, I had I threw an event with my company t- in Florida, um, and w- w- when you're there, the Ubers don't work properly. And so when you when you go somewhere like you know a healthy food store for lunch, it takes like 20 minutes to wait for the Uber, and like you know it's a six minute drive, and then, so you're waiting more for the Uber than you are just going to the place. And so after yeah. our lunch, we were waiting another 15, 20 minutes, and I don't know why I said it, but I was like. Let's just go wait in that bookstore over there because I'm not much of a reader. I do like reading, but like you said, I'm kind of getting out of that space where I don't really feel like – it's not even that I don't feel like I can sit there. It's just that I have so many other things I need to get done in the day that like it kind of feels like I can't sit there, you know? But anyway, so we go into this Mm -hmm. bookstore, and I sit down on this comfy chair, take a load off. Almost immediately, without thought, I stood up. I wasn't thinking about this. I wasn't deciding this. I stood up, I walked across the thing, I s- like sat, not on sat on the floor, but like, you know, go, uh, bent my knees and like my butt was near the floor. I picked up the first book in front of my hand and it was a spell book. And I'm like, okay, like a $5 spell book that I just got up. Like I wasn't even like thinking of walking over there. It just, I just got up and did it. It was so weird. So anyways, I get the book and I get home, you know, and eventually and I was struggling. I was struggling so hard financially. I was tripping, just really just feeling, and I, I just really feeling insecure and, and shameful about, you know, where my quote unquote success was in the moment. And that morning I decided, you know what, 
absolutely not. I'm going to do my routine. I'm going to have a great day and money's coming to me. And then after my routine, I like in the corner of my eye, saw my spell book. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a little spell. Fuck it. I'm feeling fancy. So I pick up the spell book and I, the first page I turned to was this candle spell thing. And I have these like little candles. So I like put some perfume on the candles and I was like, my, like this feeling of like me being in love with my body is going to deepen and like, I'm going to be able to create even more magic and expand and, and inspire more people and finances are coming to me. I don't need to work for money. I do what I love and money comes to me. And that night I found two grand. <laughs> on the floor <laughs> so it's like really on the floor what do you mean like on your floor? no no like two two grand like on the streets <laughs> like I was just walking and yeah like I just found it <laughs> it's like one of those Abram Hicks stories you follow her at all no oh my god you're, you'd love her Abram, Abram Hicks. Hicks um yeah Look her up on YouTube. There's loads of videos. You love these because it, it's very much the kind of stuff that she talks like. She does these seminars all over the world, and and that's one of those things of like you hear these stories from people that are like exactly what you say. I I blah 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 blah. You put that in the universe, and then yeah, someone will buy the diamond earring that's like worth nine thousand dollars or yeah, grand on the ground. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's here's my thing. There's enough abundance for every human on this planet, oh, but yeah. our belief system doesn't that doesn't support uh, the it doesn't support that belief so you know it's hard to be the one to say you know what I'm not gonna stay in the suffering I'm not gonna stay in the victimhood I'm not gonna blame everyone for my problems I'm gonna do the work I'm gonna face myself and admit who I am and believe in what I want to believe it takes it takes a lot of courage you know, I think it's one of the scariest things in the world for most people. Um, because when, you, when you're when you at the beginning of that, it is like that dark abyss that you're staring into. And feelings are powerful, and especially negative feelings. And most people have suppressed most of their negative feelings because that's those are the cultures that we live in, almost pretty much no matter where you live. And um, when you decide to open up that lid, you don't know what's going to come out. And, um, so most people keep it closed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, find too, mm-hmm. I find too, like a lot of people just can't admit that they're wrong or not even that they're wrong, that they could do something better. I'm like, everyone can do something better all the time. Like, let that go. It doesn't mean there's something wrong or horribly annoying about you. <laughs> but that takes an immense amount of responsibility mm. and not everyone is willing to have that responsibility. Yeah. Or be that truthful. Yeah. Right. Right. To themselves, especially, you know, people, it's human nature you know, to create an illusion that you're living in yeah. to support your belief system. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, going back to, to the, to the world and what you're saying, there's enough resources and stuff. You, um, personally, that that's so much of like the root of my work is why I do what I do is because I see, Having traveled all over and having, when I was doing more patient work, where I worked to decide to work in people's homes all over the United States because I wanted to see what their lives were like. And so people from all these different cultures, and then you're like in their home and you're in their like personal space and you're meeting their family and you're learning how to count to 10 in their language and all these other things. And 
through it all, you're like, oh my God, like there's so much of us that's the same and we feel the same and we have the same worries. And for me, it was a very organic, like opening of that mm. further and further. And then you kind of like wonder like, well, why, why does this world like not work? Like why the other day I interviewed a gentleman who was in a refugee camp for like 10 years <sighs> when he was young. And it's like, well, why do these things happen? And why are some humans doing this to other humans? And it's, I really strongly believe that deep down, if, if we don't address our own internal pain and that, and the pain that we're hidden from as well, if we don't open up with curiosity and stare that shit in the face Mm. and say, come on, let me see you. And I deal with it. That ends up projecting itself out either, either, well, it ends up instantaneously. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but people will end up with, with different chronic diseases, you know, people that aren't going to be violent and things like that usually suppress it even further. So they end up their, their, their bodies start to fail. Or if you look out into the world, it ends up being somebody trying to get power over someone else, whether that's through money and, or, uh, abuse and, or, um, you know, the, the massive cases are like what happened when we have all these lovely dictators that, that, that don't see, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they, they ruin so much for what, uh-huh. and, and they, they, they cause so much pain because that's the pain they're feeling on the inside exactly. and they don't know, they don't know how to face it and how to deal with it in the way that is actually going to heal it. And I think truly believe and then you look into the earth and and all of the abuses of our of animals and of the plants and people not even recognizing that the earth is a living thing that we are part of the living the living earth like we are we are very much part of it we are all bathing in an energy system that is the same um i don't know how much you've read are you do you follow quantum physics i am i'm all about quantum physics (laughs) okay (laughs) okay so you get it, right? So, yeah. So how we are all connected, and I, there's still so much more for us to understand there, but we are all connected on, on a level that is it's energy, and we're all bathing in, in the energy, and we're all part of it. So if, like, even if you, so if you look at like a cell, so there's going back to like science, if you look at a cell and you see all the little different components, we still identify that as the cell, but all those components are, are necessary. If you were to look at our earth as like a cell, all of these components are necessary. All of the people are necessary, the animals, all the biodiversity. Um, because every time somebody tries, and like it's, it's shown in farming, you try to just do one thing, the soil doesn't work, you have to use all these fertilizers, bees start dying. That's not how, that's not how we thrive. We mm. thrive with more diversity, and that's, just, that's, as, that's as a collective... Um, of organisms on the planet, you know, and then mm. if you break that further down into humans, within the human race and the human organism, we we thrive with more diversity. Um, so I think that if we could get to the root of where that pain comes from within each person, and again, I'm exploring home because it's usually where the pains come from. It comes from some shit you haven't dealt with that is usually a misinterpretation from your parents or from something that happened in childhood. Or it is something really crappy that happened to you, but you haven't dealt with it in a way to be able to heal it. And exactly. so it's taken out in other ways. And so I, I really feel that we have the power, but it's within each of us to, to do that. And that, that is a cause for like a massive awakening. 
Um, and that doesn't happen overnight. It happens it's funny that you said time. that because now that's is leading into my next question. I was going to ask you your, uh, and, and tell me if you, if you don't have enough time, but, um, I, I was going to ask you if you had any, um, education or information or opinions about the 5d experience. <laughs> about the 5d experience. Have you, have you heard anything um, about that? That's kind of what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, elaborate a little bit more so I'm, I'm sh- I can So my interpretation of it is um, a lot of people um, have started uh, like blogs and little things about it in this time right now because of corona, obviously, and we're all kind of like separating ourselves. So the, the concept is that 3D dimension, so third dimension is like fear, guilt, um, t- hate, toxic, um, you know, the treatment of the of the victims from the police officers. Like, like those, those kinds of things are 3D, three, third dimension situations. And now they're saying, like, a bunch of spiritual, uh, mo- mo- yeah, mostly really spiritual people are describing this shift into a 5D experience because right now what's happening is, like, you know, kind of one of two things is, one, people are leaning more into the fear and more into the misery and really becoming scary trolls on the internet because that's all they can do and they're scared and, you know, people are getting sick and people are getting hurt and, like, it's just inspiring them to move in that direction. Or what is happening is there are people kind of like, like-minded individuals as ourselves who are incredibly passionate about finding truth, are incredibly brave about omitting the truth, and are doing the work to share the truth. And so in, in, in that regard, it's turning us, I mean, as you said, so much more connected, so much more intuitive to the energies around us. So I feel very much so connected more to the quantum field since all this corona stuff happened. And yeah, I was kind of... Um, wanting to hear what you thought about it because it seems like you're so very much so getting so deeply connected to your body and those bodies around you as well. Yeah. And and this is something that had we had this conversation before, like my dad died, I would have like not understood it and I wouldn't have entertained it. Um, So this is coming from like the ultimate uh, skeptic because I also am very, for for a long time, I was very, very, very research-based. I have also, I have, and I still, I I will always look for research on things, but I've had to now come to this understanding that there are some things we don't know how to measure yet, and we we can't deny experiences, especially when they are are consistent either within one person or when they are happening across, um, you know, with multiple people. So um, in that, uh, for me, that awakening, and it's really an awakening because it has to do with awareness and presence. Yeah. I have a whole show that's up right now. It's up for just a couple more days, um, and it's all about being fully present. And uh, a show on the internet or where? It's on the internet. It's a virtual. I'll send it to you. Okay, cool. Um, it's a well, virtual gallery. Tour, you think by and, the time uh, this comes out, it's going to be taken down? Uh, I can archive it so that so that you can provide a link to the archive. Okay, just cool. See it. Okay, yeah, cool. I can do that. Um, so, but it was, it's been interesting because of the people that have seen it, those people that are aware are like, oh my God, this was like, ah! and then we have like, especially my mom, my mom, love my mom. We're still, you know, but, but she's a very, she's religious, but she's not real spiritual because she just doesn't know how to access that. And she's it's hard to access and, the religion and spirituality and understand that in your brain. 
And I think, and I don't think it's necessarily something that everybody can really wrap their head around. I mean, yeah. I've, I've yeah. had so many conversations with my mom. And it's just like, you know, she is who she is and she's where she's at, where she's at. But, but it's been interesting. And my uh, fiance's mom is really similar. They both, they both did totally didn't get the show. They're like, we don't get it. Like, what am I supposed to get? <laughs> if you're not really supposed to get something, you're supposed to like feel something, but they're, they're so consumed with they're, they're going into it fearful that they're going to miss something or they're not going to get it right or whatever it is. They can't even be with the show. And it's kind of like the whole thing of like, call up, be present. You can't be present. So, um, but being able to be present. Um, so that show was, was spawned by, I do these flower meditations um, with the sun setting against the flowers and uh, filming those for some time and, um, and photographing. And I decided to put all of that into an exhibition Um it's it's was inspired by a book called uh, the monk who stole his Ferrari, the monk who sold his Ferrari, uh, and he describes this meditation about staring into the heart of a rose, and that if you do that for seven minutes a day, you'll find happiness. Mm. And I again, science brain is like, well, let me see about that. So I, I decided to like. I looked it up and it wasn't like a real meditation. It was something that was in the book. I'm like, but I'm sure it came from somewhere. So I started doing these and I was like, oh my God, it's like all the problems go away. I'm fully present with this living thing. I'm seeing more about it than I even anticipate. It's a whole other world. So that was this beautiful discovery. And, um, you know, and I, and I wanted to share that with others. So going back to like 3d versus 5d, that's the example. So like my, my, mom and my, my soon-to-be mother-in-law would see it as like, those are flowers, but what am I supposed to get? The 5D mm. example is like, holy cow, I'm fully present with something that is so far beyond myself that I'm taken out of myself. Yeah. And, and that is what there is for us every single day with every single interaction with another human being, with every single interaction with nature, with even just sitting still. I now love to sit still mm. because I... All of that chatter, whatever that was, and I think it was a lot of survival mode from my childhood, is now, is, as long as I'm consistent with my routine, it's either gone or it's pretty low. And I'm able to feel, like, energies. I'm able to feel and pick up. It's almost like a radio dial. And I'm able to begin to, to adjust that radio dial to tune into different frequencies, to ask questions, to, I can even tune into other people. So I experimented for a while when they, I'm reading a lot of quantum physics, but they're like, oh yeah, you know, like, the, like what do they call it, ESP for years? Like, usually like my mom and my grandma would be like, oh, we have this ESP, I know when you're going to call. And you just kind of <laughs> laugh about it. But it's like, well, let's, let, let's look at that. Let me test it, you know? And so I spent some time, there was a period of time where I was meditating about people I hadn't contacted in a long time. And they had no reason to call or text or anything because other than like maybe Facebook friends, we weren't even commenting on each other's stuff. Every single one of those people within, I would say probably a couple of hours, um, if not sooner, would text me. Wow. And I was like, what the hell? Like, okay. And so then I would do it with another person and that would happen. And then I remember like I wanted to move because I had left the beach and gone to the east side after I left my ex-husband. Um, because I just wanted, I didn't want him to like show up at my doorstep. I needed to be far enough away, but I didn't want to leave Los Angeles. And, but I, I didn't like the East side it, for me because I can feel all these energies. All I could feel was collective pain the whole time I was over there. I was too close to all of the homelessness and to all of Hollywood. And I needed to be somewhere energetically where I could be in a flow and not be completely inundated 
with a lot of these, um, the, 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 there's a powerful negative pull that I experienced over there. And so I, which is where I was doing all these experiments, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> ironically, but, um, I decided, okay, I want to move back to the beach, but because my credit was ruined with my ex, because like he, all this stuff was put in my name and I stopped paying for it, obviously, because why am I going to pay for all this stuff? Um, anyway, my perfect credit went to nothing. And I was like, this is a totally different reality for me. I'm going to have to figure out how to do this. And, um, so I just started meditating and really like, like, like feeling being by the beach and feeling like the right place. And then I had this like strong, like intuition of like, that was shouting at me to call this friend of mine again, that I never call. And I was like, well, why would I call her? Like, I don't ever call her. Like I might see her. We might text about something, but, and it was like screaming at me. I was like, okay, fine. I'll call her. I called this friend and she says, you know, Oh, Sasha, I don't know what to do. Like I, I got, she, she's really good at putting money together for businesses. She's like, I got this resort in Mexico and, and she was actually in Mexico and she's like, I'm not coming home. Um, I don't know what to do with my place and all the stuff in it. And I was like, <laughs> and I knew her place. I was like, I'll take it. I'll buy all your, all your stuff. She's like, really? Oh my God, that would be perfect. I moved in a week. Oh my gosh. I just got chills everywhere. All the financial pieces worked out. The credit wasn't an issue because it was a personal recommendation. It was, it was, it was like, I have two dogs, one of which is a pit bull, which not everybody you know, welcomes, even though it's super friendly. Yeah. And the more you lean into that, the more it happens. It's beautiful. It's magic. Yeah. Well, we say it's magic because we can't see the linear path. In the quantum field, you mean? Right. Mm. Most people can't wrap their brain around it because they can't see. Yeah, I and, see it so, so the, clearly. The three, right? So the three-dimensional way to get a place is to work really hard and to try to, you know, um, get your credit up. And, you know, I could have spent two years getting my credit up, <laughs> like applying for a bunch of shit. And I probably still be living in Los Angeles. You know, so, and, and, the, and the five-dimensional way is you really put that out in the universe and you let, it has to emit those, like, from your heart. And I've realized this, it cannot emit from your brain. And mm-hmm. I, it depends on how in tune people are with their bodies. But when you can really feel something fully in your heart, that's when it's going to show up in your life. Mm. And I don't know for you, did that happen when the money, with the money? Oh, yeah. Was that, I picked it? it up. I was like, this is mine. And my friend was like, oh, my God. I'm like, don't worry. Like, I, this is for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you asked for books, recommendations on books for this. This is a really complex topic. Um, if people are really just getting into this, like, like give yourself time. I have recommended books to people. And I'm like, oh, Sasha, I read it. I don't get it. Then it's not time for you yet. Um, when it's time, you will be called back to that book. So trust that. Yeah. Um, the Seat of the Soul is like the best staple. Um, Oprah Winfrey is a huge fan. And she, she has uh, the author... Um, the author is Gary Zukov on her show for years. And, um, I finally read the book and it's, it's really groundbreaking on how it doesn't really go into the quantum like theory, but it's very, uh, he talks about it in more of a, um, uh, a poetic way almost. If you really want how- to understand the quantum field on Gaia, Joe Dispenza has a new show which basically he's talking about how to become a superhuman and breaking the habit of being yourself. He like shows mm-hmm. it with visuals and that would made it really oh, cool. easy for me to like, oh, yeah. okay, now I can finish the book right. and get what he means. Right, yeah. And Dr. Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself is great too. Um, 
Uh, I have it's funny. I have that right here too. Um, <laughs> Me too. But <laughs> yeah, uh, my books are like my uh, my most cherished thing. Um, I I got rid of just about everything else, but I still have my books. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. See the Soul is a really great one, and um, for those people that are really interested in like how that mind body connection works, um, there is the Mind Body Code by Dr. Mario Martinez that is available as a book and also as a, like it was a CD series. I got it like even, I got it through like NPR years Ooh, ago. So it's probably on audible. It's on audible now. Yeah. Oh, so, sweet. Um, really great. And he, you would love that because he's got so many great meditations for different things. So like he'll, he'll break down. Like if you, if you're having issues with your gut, this is a meditation to do Ooh. This is likely where it's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. So super, super go-to and of course every single thing he recommended I worked tried on myself and I was um working with my patients and just amazing results from from um those meditations wow so there's one more topic I want to talk to you about and feel free to say you know I I don't I don't want to contribute to this conversation that's totally okay um we've had such a beautiful conversation and I'm so grateful I like like what a great Thursday I'm having (laughs) Um, but you mentioned earlier in the conversation that um, you would never try psychedelics and they're not for you. And I feel and I agree with that because, you know, they're definitely not for people who don't want to do them. But I just kind of wanted to know a little bit more how you got to that realization of uh, them not being for you. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things because I've got plenty of friends who've done them and swear by them. And, like, I feel like if I had the tolerance, then, yeah, I would totally try it. But... A um, couple different things. Weed and I don't get along. Um, I can't even have a little bit of weed and even function. Um, I completely, I, and I will hallucinate. Um, and everyone's like, but what kind did you have? I will hallucinate. I live in <laughs> such a space. And I didn't yeah. realize it. Like, I live in such a space in my reality that when I even, like, I've, I've tried. I'm like, oh, you know, and it's like you're around and everything's legal and whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'll try a little bit. And then it's like. I'm seeing colors. I'm seeing auras on people. I can see the energy vibrations. And you and like, you're scared by that, or you just you just don't like it. You're like, this is impairing me. Um, it's not that I'm scared. It's that I will see all of that, but all my motor function shuts down. Oh. I can't talk. I can't even. I end up having to lay on my back, and I can't eat because I feel like I'm gonna choke. Um, I have to lay on my back and then just watch it until it goes away. Wow. Which is hours. Yeah, and that's just a little bit. And I've and I've tried. You might be allergic to weed. That kind of sounds like you're allergic. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. And um, you know, and even like alcohol. And I love my alcohol. I like beer and wine and whatever. But mm-hmm. I am. I will go very quickly from buzz to like blackout. I will not remember anything. And it could be two drinks sometimes. I'm the same way. I'm the same really? exact. Yeah, like one time I threw up off two two glasses of wine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then people are like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "What's wrong with you?" It's like, no, I'm just like, I just want to have a glass of wine. You you have to eat way more food and drink way more water, huh? When you drink, that's like me. Which I, yeah, which which I do, but even then, it's like I don't know what that cutoff point is. Which is funny because I've I've always been around men who can like drink and they never forget anything. I will not remember almost anything that happens in detail and then especially if I'm more, like two or three drinks and usually three forget it I will yeah. not remember anything anything yeah. so I'm just so sensitive to just those things which are very normal for a lot of people yeah um and 
so that's part of it. And mm-hmm. and I've also within medicine having seen people that took too much. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they're and I don't want to be that. And I feel like what people have described, like, I'm sure it's not the exact same thing, but I sense all of that. Like, I feel yeah. it. Yeah. And that's kind of so, what I was getting at. That's kind of what I was, like, yeah. wa- wanting to ask you about it because that's the thing. Like, we take substances to get an experience, to stimulate our cells in another way. And you can do that through the practices that she's found. And that's why it's so beautiful. That's why I wanted to talk about it because it's yeah. not just about, oh, okay, yeah. I have to do this to understand this. It's, it's that yeah. depth. You can, you can literally get the same amount of hallucinogenics yeah. from acid or shrooms or hape just meditating. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I read Ram Dass's Be Here Now, finally, only because <laughs> um, people in my book club are like, like we, we, and it's not my book club. There's a, there's a community I'm a part of, but I lead the book club. And, um, and they, uh, they were like, oh, we want to, we want to read this. I was like, okay, fine, I'll read it. And when I read something for book club, I'm very thorough. I usually read the thing once or twice and like, or three times. And I mark everything and I take notes and I'm going through that book. And I'm like, all he does, have you read it? Not yet. Ramdell? I've heard of it, but it's not yet. All, it's like being on his acid trip. It's like the whole <laughs> middle of it. And you're like, <laughs> he's been experimenting a lot with LSD. And I'm like, okay, but, but I feel that already. I feel and like I'm going to love it. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a must. It's kind of a foundational book um, for anyone who's really into this kind of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, like, you don't need to be dropping all of this to get these experiences. Uh, but, oh, and another thing, I have a friend who, like, swears by ayahuasca, and, like... That's what I was like, wondering, too. Yeah. And and it's fine. I have nothing, like, I'm all for, like, if that, how you spiritually seek, then spiritually seek that way. And if I wasn't so damn sensitive to other stuff, I would totally try it. But I don't, I'm not comfortable, because I also have seen the other side, and I don't want to take that chance. Um, and yeah. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I don't feel like I'm... Like, oh, wow, that's an abstract concept. It's like, no, I feel like I've seen that. My friend who was obsessed with ayahuasca, like, pulls out this, like, these pictures of a person and at these different levels of, like, connection. Like, you talk about the different dimensions. And then the last one, he, like, disappears. <laughs> you know, and he's, like, no longer existent. And I was telling him, I said, I feel like I exist at this last one right before he disappears. That's where I'm at most days. And he's mm. like, what? And I was like, yes, that's where I live. And this was like four or five years ago. This, and it's, I feel like that's even beaming more now. Oh, and, for sure. And he's like, and he's like, I only feel that way when I do ayahuasca. And I was like, okay, like that's. It's he probably because he's he's probably waiting for the permission of the plant medicine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think sometimes too, you know, this shit takes work and it's discipline <laughs> yeah. and, and it's, it's uncomfortable. You know, it's like. It's, and it's uncomfortable. It's like having a nice body, you know? Like, you, if you want muscles and all that stuff, like, you got to go to the gym, and it's going to burn, and you got to go every day or run or swim or whatever it is. But you, you can't just lay and, and hope it appears. And this stuff takes work, and, and I'm willing to put in the work um, because I'm also kind of a masochist that way. I really love working at things. I really love the discipline of things. Um, things that don't require discipline usually don't draw me. So, um this really draws me. And then on top of it, like, I just feel better. Why am I not going to do something if, I, if, if it makes me feel so much better? Um, I'm able to handle life at, with so much more peace 
and so much more just like I don't react. I feel like I can just be with something mm. and let it go or choose what I'm going to respond with. And, um, you know, I see like the friend I was referencing, he's so, he doesn't see it, but he's in fear so much and he's working so much at the job that he hates and he's not, he doesn't put He needs to balance his femininity. Thing. That's what it is. He's just all masculine energy, which is go, 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 get, 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 do, do, do. But the feminine energy is like receive. Yeah. You know, and he's a pretty feminine dude too. You know what I mean? Like he really, yeah. And, but it's also like that he doesn't give himself that time mm-hmm. and space. It's about having the space for it. And yeah. if you're, it's no different than how I describe this to people that like haven't felt it before. It's like, okay, if you've got the TV on and you've got a radio on with like full static and then you've got some other speaker on and then you've got your house full of people. That's people's brains most of the time. <laughs> and they exactly. wonder, like, why they can't sit still is because it's going to drive you crazy because it is not a pleasant sound. And you can't discern what's what one thing and what's another thing. The practice of this allows you to begin to lower some of those sounds or have them completely disappear or tune in. It's kind of like if you're in between stations on the radio and you're getting both of them. It allows you to finer tune to be able to just listen to one. Yeah. For me, it allows so, me power to change them. Right. Right. So yeah. you can go from one to the next to mm-hmm. the next. Yeah. Is what you're saying? Well, this is what will happen. This is what will happen. So, like, I'll get like a knee jerk trigger, right? Like, Oh, she she got that she, she got that or he 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 didn't say that to me or or something and then I right. I see I am like stop I'm projecting the anger I have within myself doing this to other people that's the only way that I could recognize you doing it quote unquote to me is because I've done it and I understand what that feels like to do to other people and I'm like okay let's rephrase like if I said something like like, you know, a lot for me is my DJ career. I'll get so insecure if I see somebody getting, like, a really dope gig, you know, uh, that, like, maybe I don't like their music as much. I'm like, oh, they got a gig and not me or whatever the thought is. And then I'm like, you know what? Shift, shift, shift. I'll either go shoo, 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 or move my hands or snap. And I'll say, like, oh, my gig is coming. And literally within a day I just got because this happened like a couple days ago I got like a gig that's like way beyond and it's virtual so it works but it's like that energy of like nope oh I made a mistake I'm gonna laugh at myself it's okay shift that's like the work for me what it looks like yeah that's great that's great because it gives you the control you know versus all of it being on autopilot exactly you feel like you are you are at the mercy of it um, versus you being like, um, no, I'm going to change the channel and, and listen to this instead. It's powerful. Yeah. So, I mean, and, 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 you know, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, you know, in each of us, if we can even improve that a little bit around the world, that's how wars stop. Mm. Wars don't stop by, 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 you know, that's how racism, um, stops. That's how, you know, creating the systems that we've created that, that actually allow for homelessness and allow for poverty and allow for people to, to, to not have hunger. They, they don't shift with, you know, aid or protests, you know, even though those things might, you know, aid, of course, is going to help them for now. But those, those things shift by people changing how they handle the chaos in their mind and what, how that's projected into the outside world. 
Exactly. You have a whole system of people who are operating with chaos in their mind. The results of that and the people that are affected by that are going to look very different from if you have all those people who know how to do like what you were just saying and change the channel and tune into something that better serves them in that moment and then therefore the people that they serve. Yeah. And that's what I was saying earlier about like people don't want to admit that they're wrong. It's not that I think that they're wrong for feeling that way, but it doesn't serve them. So therefore, yeah, I would say that I would describe that as incorrect. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and and there's a whole thing with right and wrong, too, because um, as soon as we make someone else wrong, we are perpetrating Exactly. Similar kind of energy. Mm-hmm. So it's about that, like, it's about workability. So like that yeah. it works or it doesn't work. And well, what does that mean? Well, does it work for your life and does it work for the people around you? Does it work for nature? Those kinds of things to look at because nobody likes to be made, made to feel that they're wrong because it, it's almost a shaming feeling. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I don't know anyone who's like, oh, let me bathe in some shame. You know, <laughs> like, no, right. we hate that. So, so really coming at that from, that's something I've really had to work at too. And that's really a lot of what helped me to have a great relationship with my mom because I stopped making her wrong. Mm -hmm. And, and I just allowed her like, okay, well, and I've set boundaries like that works or that doesn't work um, for our relationship. And it's, it's amazing how it's like magic, you know, but even with myself, you were talking about how hard you are, you're hard on yourself. Same way. Like, oh my God, I think it's women too. Like, in today's age, like we have so much expectation because we're still supposed to be beautiful and all these other things, but then we're also supposed to be successful with a career. And, and then we're all supposed to be the, the rock star mother that does everything too. Right. Right. Like, there's yeah. no pleasing you people. And blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so, you know, I, you know, I've had a period where I've like, you know, injured myself and where, uh, I starved myself and I've been through those times and, um, a lot of negative self-talk over the years and I don't have that anymore um it's gone I have so much love and appreciation and the things I would have been shaming myself for before I now go yeah well that was um okay you had to have a choice you can do that again or not and you know it's it's this it's this thing and there's not no judgment and I think that that within oneself is really powerful but it's peaceful and, and it, it's possible. I would have never thought that was possible. I didn't realize that that was something I had control over, if that makes sense. Yeah, I just totally. thought it was just how we were all wired. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of like what everybody kind of feels like, well, this is just how humans are made. This is how it works. But it's like until you, until you viscerally feel the magic, which is what a lot of people at Burning Man feel, because they're like, oh, wow, if right. I honor my highest self, whatever I want comes to me. I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's really tapping into that quantum field that yes. that's there. Um, you know, and that's what you'll look like Abram Hicks. I'll send you some of her stuff. But she's always like the thing, like, you can work hard for it if you want, you know. Um, but you don't and, have and to. It works that way, but you don't necessarily have to. And it's not to say don't work hard. Like, again, I'm, I'm an advocate of I like to, to be diligent about things and stuff like that. But it's that it doesn't have to be difficult. Right. Exactly. You don't have to suffer to get something. And that's really what she's saying. Well, it's a perfect example. So one of my ex-boyfriends is a, is a DJ and producer. And when I first started producing, we were dating and um, I would get so frustrated. I was in school and I was just like having to practice all night just to remember what they said. And I finally, you know, uh, uh, made more music. And he said, there's there's basically you can you can sit there and. 
and just work and work and you know if you're uncomfortable take a break but what I do is I just I, I I use that inspiration. I work until it's gone, and so then I started adopting adopting all these different like you know I'm just gonna keep working, just gonna keep working, just keep 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 working, and like yeah, I made a lot of music, and that's great. But also like my quality of life was I was so tired, you know I I didn't have the energy to connect. I didn't want to connect. I didn't really go to parties anymore. I I just kind of stayed in my room and did really nothing, which is, it's kind of what I'm doing now. It's like, this is what I like to do, make music. But it took me like three or four months to be like, you know what? I have all the capability to make music in less time, find music, do this in less time than everyone thinks. I don't need to be on my, I'm still on the computer all day long and stuff. But, you know, I, I, once I start getting a little tired, I'm like, you know what? I'm okay to stop, and I really gift that time to myself. And it take it's hard. It's hard to like, you know, not feel like you have to do more to be accepted or appreciated or valid. It can be overwhelming. Yeah, well, especially especially with the, the social media and with living in a yeah. city like LA, where it's kind of like designed to have you feel like you're not enough, no matter what you've done. Yeah. Um, but. To, to add to that, you know, it's interesting because I think that the more that I don't know how you feel, and please add to this, the more that I have made the time because I had all this guilt around this like morning experience, this morning routine, and whatever. But I was so desperate that I was like, well, I have to. But I've realized like the more I've given time to something like that, that other things show up with, with less time exactly. and less effort. And when I say effort, it's not. It, it's it's the suffering effort. It's not the like you do work hard, yes, but you're not. There's not this like suffering of like of other parts of your life. You're you actually get your sleep. You get yeah. you get you know to feel vibrant, and it's really yeah, it's a vibrant way of being. And I feel like time stands still. I'm getting more done now, and then I've and then I have all these chunks of time where I'm like, well, wait a minute, but I already how did that happen? Mm-hmm. Okay, and and it's and it's like especially like with my swimming, it takes a lot of time. I drive to the ocean and then I swim in the ocean one and to eventually we'll work up more over the season to like two hours in the ocean and then you shower and you come home. And it's like a whole morning. Mm-hmm. And, um, but when I do that, I get everything else done because you know what? That background noise isn't there. The, the content that comes out with my work, especially, you know, with being an artist, you, you have to, it's not linear. And so I get the quality is so much better without having to redo and redo or like you say, put out a bunch of stuff. I just want to keep a couple of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hearing you say that, it makes me want to go out and work out right now. I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't worked out today. Yeah, I'm going to go work out (laughs) because it does. Right, right. It does quiet that noise and it does feel good. And, you know, taking care of, I I always call my body my spaceship. Taking care of your spaceship is so important. Your brain needs certain things. Your heart needs certain things. Your cells, your body. I mean, even for me, I get get water. water, water. Because, you know, if you're healthy, 50 to 80% of your body is water. Have you ever heard of uh, Dr. Mastafamoto's science on, or study on water? No, but I'm, wait, is that the one where there are different shapes? Yes. Um, Yes. With different emotions? Yes. Yes. So essentially, he takes a glass of water in one room for a week and a glass of water in another room for a week. And the one room, it's like positivity. I love you, water. You're so good. You're so tasty. And then the other one, it's like, I hate you. You're disgusting. You have no flavor. (laughs) You know? Like, uh, positive emotion. And then he freezes them, and he sees that the positive is like this beautiful, perfect 
uh, the shapes are like geometric, perfect, like snowflakes. And then the, the bad one, the negative one, there's no shape at all. And it's, it's um, irregular and ugly. So if you think about your body being 50 to 80% water and just skin the lar- largest organ on your body, you think like my entire being, every cell in my body is eavesdropping on the frequency my brain and my emotions, my hormones are emitting. 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 Mm-hmm. Kind of gives you more perspective to maybe take care of your body a little bit more. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I love that you're touching on the frequency of it because... Um, I forget the guy's name too. I went to an awesome show where there's this guy that I think he's a musician too. Um, but he works with different sound waves through water and photographs them as well. And I've been aware of the the study. I just can never remember the guy's name, but the, 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 the positive and negative, but, um, this guy, you know, putting different music through and you see how it shapes the water differently. I think that, you know, if you look at the frequency of negativity, that really is the thing there to shift because the frequency of negativity is not harmonious. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just getting that now, like talking to you. I'm like, that's not harmonious with life. It's discord. It's complete discord. So powerful. Wow. Like, yeah, that's like really hit sitting so heavy with me right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, People, if you're listening, you have power over this shit. shit. You really <laughs> do. You. you really do. Yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing. We both have been skeptical. We've both been negative. We both like disserviced ourselves, and and we've both like done the research and been inquisitive to like get to the other side. And you're like, oh my god, this is so great. Why did I? Why did I not think this was here? So it yeah. take it. Yeah. It really takes you being ready and you being like all right, like, this is my last option, like, in life. Yeah. <laughs> like, how it's so I much be- better on the other side. And, you know, and, and, and I'm a, I mean, I'm deep in this stuff, as you are, too, and people don't have to, you don't have to be so, like, it, it, it's not like you have to commit your life to it, but you just commit a small portion, like I recommend every morning to people, just to, even if you just have one thing that you do, and I would suggest meditating, even if it's five minutes, it's going to change your life every day. Um, but you can do that one thing, your life will shift. You meditate for five minutes every morning, even if like the first week or two you are like, can't figure it out, it will click into gear and your entire life will shift yeah. for the better. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. So there's one. Well, I'm going to send you some. Oh yeah, yeah. go ahead. S- send me all the links. Um, I, I wrote down all the stuff that you said so I can remind you. Um, and we also have it recorded, so if we forget, we can just go and listen to it. No, but um, I I like to like leave on a parting like question or something. And one of my okay. one of my favorite ones to do is if you could talk to your younger self or someone younger right now, what would your advice be? That's so funny because I was at a dinner. Um, we had our first socially distanced dinner last night where this question was asked. Um, I'm going to give the same answer I gave because because it, 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 I really reflected on it when it was asked. Um, and it's that you are more powerful than you realize mm. and more necessary. Yeah. And your, your thoughts on how to do things um, are valid and are um, oftentimes the, the best option. You don't have to look to people that are older than you or more experienced to lead the way. You can definitely ask, but even if everyone says you're crazy, sometimes what's in your heart is still the right answer, and you need to honor that and follow that because it's showing up for a reason. 
So true. I tell that to, I've just told that to my roommate the other day. I'm like, you are so powerful. You are so powerful. Anything that you believe, it will flourish. And it's so true. Yeah. 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 It's true. And it can be scary because I think some people are like, what am I going to do if it all comes true? But like, you will figure it it out and you will learn to handle it. But if you suppress that, the thing that's trying to come through you and you suppress that, it, it will, I mean... Sorry to be graphic, but it will eat, it will eat you alive. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it won't go away. Well, thank so. you so much for your time. I've enjoyed our, our the last couple hours so much. I got to work on her project with her. her, her, her. Oh, my oh. pleasure, really. I'm, I believe in what you're doing. I'm interested in what you're doing. I can't wait to see it finished. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. Not that I didn't think I thank would, you. but I think we're just very similar, and it was nice yeah. to go into depth with like your story and, and how this all came to be. Yeah. And thank you for that because, you know, it, this isn't a, I can't have a deep conversation with that many people. I feel like, you know, cause you really have to get it and uh, you definitely get it. You've done the work too. And you even, you know, brought <clears throat> new things into my sphere, which is awesome. Like I've got to go check out this skin bra. Oh, you have um, to, I can send you a link on, <laughs> do you, do you, do you please. use Amazon or do you use Etsy? Well, I, am. I can send you a couple I that I think would be good. I, I've gotten like four or five people on them since, mm-hmm. since I've started using them in the last like month. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. And I have a feeling my fiance is going to love it too. So he's, he's all into that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, feel Thank free. You so much. Feel free to call or text me whenever you want. If you feel like you want to talk about this stuff and you don't really have a friend that like can go that deep, I'm I'm open. You can always call me. Cool. Cool. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Same here. Okay. 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 Thanks again for listening to another episode of Did You Forget? Where can you be brave today, tonight, tomorrow, this week? Where can you, where can you push your comfort zone? Where can you expand? Expand. expand.